It's Tuesday. You know what that means. Welcome to Highly Disputed. My name is Dylan Bishop. With me, as always, is Ryan Stickle. How's it going, Ryan? Well, it's a little sad because football's over, but we've crowned a champion. It's uh, it's more of the same here with the same champion once again, Patrick Mahomes. And uh, we're just we're kind of just off into to NBA season here, but uh, I guess we'll wrap up the NFL season and pretty much do more or less the same show we did we did a year ago because it's it's pretty much the same thing. Chiefs win a exciting Super Bowl. They win it late. Good final drive from well, really, Mahomes had two final drives, and uh, I mean it's really you know legacy talk is is here for us. I was I was looking forward to that because I really just. If Brock Purdy would have won this thing, I would have had nothing to say. But you know, we can get into it. Figure, you know, let our let our thoughts be known on this game. I thought it was a pretty, it was interesting. That's that's for sure. It wasn't super exciting the first three quarters, but it sure was interesting. I might have had some expletives to say if if Brock Purdy won a Super Bowl, but that's about <laughs> it. Yeah, I, I actually, I listened. I listened back to last year's Super Bowl preview show that we did. And I was listening to the way that we were talking with with Luke McGoldrick and producer Garrett Shep, even Michaela Gilmer. And I was like, man, you could substitute like 80% of this and just like put in 49ers names instead of Eagles names. And it was about the same. <laughs> so and then the game result in the end is kind of the same where, hey, the, the, the post game talk is. Wow, Patrick Mahomes, isn't he good and great and one of the best ever? And yeah, yeah, he is. <laughs> three three Super Bowls, three Super Bowl MVPs, you know, in what, five seasons? In, in the last five seasons, I should say. And then yeah. the game itself, I thought, played out kind of how we thought it would. I don't think either team ran the ball as well as we thought they would. But otherwise, <laughs> it kind of it kind of went how we thought. It was lower. We said it would be low scoring. I believe you said twenty to seventeen, and I said twenty three twenty, and the final score was twenty five twenty two. Yeah, so pretty we much got, it. We yeah. got the Chiefs. We got the Chiefs by three and the under, uh, right. At least the under when we when we said it. Apparently, it dropped by one point towards kickoff, and then that <laughs> over hit. It was it dropped to oh, forty six and a half, and there were forty seven points. So hmm. that's fun for those for those people that missed that barely. Couldn't be me. <laughs> they know but how to set them. They sure do. They sure do. It's almost like they they do this for a living and they make money off of it. <laughs> a anyway, lot of money. Way too much money. But anyway, uh, I think it, it was one of those weird games where the team that loses, I feel like you don't really come away from it thinking, wow, they really screwed this up. They did this wrong. They did this wrong. The coach made this bad call. The, this player made this bad play. Not not really. No, I just kind of yeah. think that it it was tough going for both teams to to play offense. And eventually the chiefs just sort of it, for the first half i will say i was worried about the chiefs they they seemed like they were getting dominated on each side 
of the trenches. You know, that was very worrisome. And eventually it was it kind of you had the I had the feeling at least of like, man, the 49 you know, the 49ers offense hasn't done a whole lot in this game. But when they have, they 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 have at least been doing more than the Chiefs offense. Like that first drive, especially when they drove down and then McCaffrey fumbled. It seemed like they were just moving the ball at will. But eventually it slowed down for both sides and it took a while for the Chiefs to figure out any sort of you know game plan that was working to get them down the field and get some points. But eventually they did it. And <laughs> special I gotta say special teams masterclass on both sides, all timer oh in special yeah. teams with punt gu- punt downing, punt gunners, making tackles, broke the record for longest kick in the Super Bowl twice. It was that that part was incredible the entire way. Yeah. Yeah, the special teams, they were they were really the stars of the show. And I mean, special teams and, and trick plays, right? I mean, this game was normal offense was just not getting it done for really the better part of three quarters, especially on the Chiefs side. I mean, they'd have what 20 yards in the first quarter. And that was pretty much it. Yeah. Um, you know, they were they needed that. They needed that score before half. I mean, if they didn't get that, you were looking at like uh oh, is this gonna be a a blowout type of game because you would have figured eventually the 49ers get a run game going and then uh, start moving the ball. But the vibe, yeah, the I mean, there was no... vibes before that was like, are the 49ers going to win this like 17 to three? Like, yeah. Yeah. And, the, and there were enough mistakes on both sides where, you know, there wasn't like the one big backbreaking mistake. I think it's the reason people were talking about the coin toss and overtime strategies strategy so much. Cause there really wasn't any, you know, there wasn't a, massive penalty that cost anyone they're almost People were trying to the find Chiefs. the angle of like why how did the how did the 49ers screw this up when it's like yeah i mean they i mean that the chiefs just like kind of played just a little bit better yeah and and like it's interesting to talk about some of the overtime strategy but it it doesn't interest me a ton because regardless of the order of it and how it played out the the chiefs were just kind of determined and I mean the real difference is they had Mahomes at quarterback because like they were driving down the field at the end of that game both the um the field goal drive and then the drive to win it in overtime I mean you you could just tell they were destined to score there both times I mean it, Mahomes was just getting it done there were a couple times he used his legs because you can tell especially you know based on this season probably didn't trust some of those guys to even catch the wide open passes especially the the fourth down that was in their own territory i mean he just went ahead and and let him handle business there so i mean to me that was the really the only the only big thing and we all knew that going in even brock purdy fans know that patrick mahomes is a lot better than brock purdy and so um you know purdy wasn't wasn't bad you know certainly missed a couple throws you know but overall was just good either but yeah he was just fine you know hit a hit a couple open guys and that's, that's it. I mean, that's, he threw for 255 yards, threw a touchdown, did nothing really out of the ordinary, nothing really special. That's pretty much the game he plays. And, uh, you know, he certainly didn't lose in the game. It's just like, that's just what he is. You're not gonna, it's hard to fault him for just like not being, you know, not, I'm not gonna say he's not Patrick Mahomes, but like, He's just not a like top level quarterback. He's not there to carry your team. 
Okay, he, Christian he McCaffrey was there to carry. He made a couple throws where you know out of you know rolling out, scrambling out, making the one they had the juice check for that one first down. That was pretty insane. It was a good catch by a juice check as well. And you know, yeah, he he missed some easy throws, but for the most part, I'd say there was really good coverage by the Chiefs. I I, I heard Legarius Sneed after the game. Uh, tell Steven Ruiz, friend of the show, that basically their game plan was they wanted to make Brock Purdy throw the ball. And that's kind of what they ended up having that what ended up doing. And Purdy basically just missed enough passes. I will say Trent McDuffie was insane in this yeah. game when it came to covering Debo Samuel. To a certain extent, there was a couple plays. You know, I really didn't, you know, Debo Samuel had 11 targets in this game and he had three catches. And there was a couple of the throws where it's like, all right, you can put that on Brock Purdy. But for the most part, he was getting clamped by McDuffie. And I think maybe Sneed was on him for a couple plays. I think Sneed played really well, too, in general. You know, Brandon Ayuk didn't do a whole lot in this game. So the Chiefs just have two insanely good corners. And then they have Chris Jones up the middle who, you know, saved at least one touchdown because he got right in Purdy's face and made him overthrow Debo, who was wide open in the end zone. And it was, that's really the story of the season for the chiefs is they had an, an elite defense and yeah. then they had Patrick Mahomes and that's literally, that's all they needed. They didn't need a true number one wide receiver. They didn't, it, they didn't need anyone other than Travis Kelsey and Rasheed Rice and Isaiah Pacheco. Eventually they kind of just figured out the offense as it went along and they got to the, by the time they got to the postseason, they were like, all right, these are the three guys who get the ball and then we're going to like just Kadarius Tony was literally a healthy scra scratch in the Super Bowl. <laughs> and they barely used MVS and Justin Watson uh, through the end of the season, postseason. They started using their tight, their other tight ends, Noah Gray and what Blake Bell, I think, is their third tight end, even. Yeah, I think so, yeah. So, and they used Jarek McKinnon some in this game. Eventually, they just, you know, Reed and Mahomes just kind of figured out all right, these are the players that should be on the field. We will figure it out from there. We'll call the right plays. Just because we don't have three receivers out there doesn't mean we can't throw the ball. We'll throw the ball to our tight ends. But Patrick Mahomes would basically turn into a game manager as the season went on because he kind of just had to do that dink and dunk game because they didn't have the Tyreek Hill or a reliable any anyone reliable down the field really. Like they had a couple guys that could get open down the field and then they just wouldn't catch the ball. So that's kind of <laughs> what they had to do. And it was enough. So I kind of go into this thing. People are like, oh, man, this was the year to beat the Chiefs. Was it in the end? In the end, was it really, though? Like, as we, obviously, they didn't play well in the regular season. But once they got to the postseason, they figured it out. Like you said, elite defense. And you have Patrick Mahomes. Eventually, Mahomes and Reed and Kelsey are going to figure out how to get enough yards and enough points in the postseason to go along with this defense that went up against what I think the top four offenses in the NFL from the regular season. And they gave up an average of like 16 points per game. They, it, that's, that's all they needed. Yeah. This team with uh, this defense. And I mean, if, if you have a worse quarterback and better skill position players, a more consistent running game, this team still is like a good playoff team. Probably doesn't make the Super Bowl because that's where Mahomes 
actually comes in and really makes the difference. Um, and, you know, makes the difference scrambling with the ball. He's a great scrambler. Um, and he tends to only really do it in games like this because he, he kind of understands, like, I don't really have to do this in the regular season. We'll win enough games, get to the playoffs, and then I can uh, get the yards where I need them. But, uh, yeah, this team overall, I mean, even even still after that game, um, def- the defense for the Chiefs just still isn't, I don't really think, getting enough credit. And uh, it's easy to overlook, I guess, just because Mahomes was Mahomes late in that game. But uh, that defense kept them in it, you know, got the early turnover, kept it really close uh, throughout and gave them a shot. Uh, because, I mean, yeah, this was a this was a defensive struggle for the most part. And, you know, you just got to give those guys credit and we'll see what it looks like next year. But, yeah, this uh, this Chiefs defense really kind of saved the season for them, because if they were an average defense, even with Mahomes, this team really probably doesn't go anywhere because they. They needed that defense to get as far as they did. And, you know, you figure next year, it's just hard to be that good year over year as a unit, Um, you know, between personnel changes, injury luck, whatever. Um, But you you also figure the Chiefs next year are probably going to be better on offense because I'm sure there's going to be some some personnel changes on that side. So, you know, they're they're really good and they're not going anywhere. And it just so happened that the year they didn't have any skill on offense it was you know the best defense you know probably the best Chiefs defense I've seen since I've really been watching oh, football yeah. they've never you know they've had good defenses they've had good teams that especially the past decade um but they they've never they've never come close to having this type of defensive identity like when you consider I mean I, all year we we said it even a couple of times it's like this this team really is their defense, <laughs> the team with Mahomes, funny enough, because they weren't scoring points, but that defense sure was playing hard all year. Like this, this wasn't out of nowhere in the playoffs. It's kind of funny to me because in my mind, this Chiefs team, while it's because we obviously you compare these Chiefs teams to the early 2000 Patriots teams and, you know, Mahomes to Brady in that era. And it's funny to me because I think this season and this game is most reminiscent of the first Patriots Super Bowl as opposed mm. to the third one where they beat Andy Reid and the Patriots and McNabb and Terrell Owens and all of them in that one. It, it's more reminiscent of that game against the Rams in what 2000 in 2002 where the the thing that won the Patriots that game it it's a little different because Mahomes was a lot better in this game than Tom Brady was in that game. I but at the same time I think you know Mahomes got off to a slow start in that in this game on Sunday. I think Tom Brady was seven for eleven with sixty yards in the first half of that Super Bowl against the Rams, <laughs> and he made what one we talked about it. I I think around this time last year, uh, I went back and watched that game the entire game. Tom Brady did almost nothing in the entire game. This was a little different where Mahomes actually like was the deserving MVP. Tom Brady won Super Bowl MVP in that game. Should not have had it. Should not have gotten it at all. He sh- probably should have gotten the one that Deion Branch got. So it, it so it evened out in the end, I think. But 
he he should not have won Super Bowl MVP of that Rams one. That should have been Ty Law for the pick six. It should have been Willie McGinnis. It should have been literally anyone on that defense. It should have, could have been the <laughs> defensive coordinator. Could have been Belichick. I don't care. They they made <laughs> Kurt Warner's life a living hell. And that's kind of what happened in this game where, you know, I think I think Brock Purdy faced nine unblocked pressures from the from the Chiefs defense in this one. And just in that second half in particular, they just were locking them down. They they started, I think, play more man to man instead of zone because Brock Purdy is kind of that anticipatory thrower. I mean, that's really just a Shanahan quarterback in general. It's a lot of those, you know, play zone defense wait for your receivers to come open through the holes in whatever zone defense is coming up. You make the throw in the window. It's what Tua does. It's basically what like a Kirk Cousins or Goff does. The difference with Purdy is that he can also kind of run around with and use his legs a little bit and make plays that way. But for the most part, in system, it's those sort of plays like that. So once the Chiefs started playing more man-to-man and locking up those receivers and suddenly they weren't coming open anywhere, Purdy and they were bringing the blitzes, so Purdy didn't have much time to throw. It it started to throw everything off, and they, you know, the Chiefs at the same time were stacking the box to be like, all right, yeah, run the ball against eight in the box. And Shanahan was like, no. <laughs> and they and ran the really... ball. They ran the ball some, but it's not like it was working very well. They averaged like three and a half yards per carry, even though McCaffrey felt like you know every other every other game was for about five yards or more, or that every every run he did have, he had like three yards that he fell forward on. Still, it was only like three and a half yards of carry. So, I I mean, I think there's going to be sweeping judgments made about the 49ers in this game. I think the closest thing that I could really give for that is you can still do a lot better than Brock Purdy. I think you can still win a Super Bowl with Brock Purdy as long as the supporting cast is as good as it is. That's the thing, though. And we already see Brandon Ayuk mm-hmm. is talking about, you know, his best friend is on Instagram saying this is why we <laughs> this is why we're leaving San Francisco. His girlfriend is saying this might be our last time, you know, in San Francisco. He was asked himself and he, uh, you know, if he wants to stay with the 49ers. And he said, if it's the right move. <laughs> so. He's got something, one. He's got the fifth year option. <laughs> he's got the fifth year option, and then he hits free agency. So, so yeah, that goes. I mean, Debo Samuel also request, requested a trade from the 49ers and then got paid, and suddenly that went away. But 49ers yeah, have already paid a lot of guys, and they're probably going to play Brock, Brock Purdy here in two years. So I don't know if Ayuk is making the cut. Yeah, yeah, and it's just. I mean, it's just so hard to keep teams together like that when you rely on so many different guys and i mean it really it really does come down to them just having so many weapons that are all so good it's not like well as long as so and so's here and mccaffrey really is a great running back but if it's just mccaffrey yeah you'll have an okay offense if you you use him properly which shanahan will um but it it can't be only him you're gonna limit yourself you're not gonna be nearly as explosive and um, we'll see. I mean, if anything, um, you know, they're, they're going to ride with Brock Purdy's contract for a little bit and, uh, that'll help them out in some aspects with the money, but I think they have two years of him being cheap. So that means he was a seventh round draft pick. So obviously the most they can have on his, on that contract is four years total. And he's been around a year or two now. What, two yeah. Years? I mean, I guess this two was seasons? his, uh, I guess this second was his season. second season. So, 
um, have a couple more years to to roll with that. And then, you know, from there, that'll be a decision. I, I think they'll probably, you know, with what they've built there, I don't see them just falling off. You know, they might not be quite as dominant at times. And um, certainly the defense this year took a little bit of a step back, whether that be, you know, personnel or, or coaching. One of the two kind of had them or not both. being. I don't know. Yeah, and it's always, you know, it's never just one thing, but, yeah. um, you know, that stuff fluctuates year to year. And so, you know, it's hard to tell and and injuries play a, a key factor. I mean, it seemed like for years the 49ers had a really good team for a couple weeks and then they'd all get injured and then they'd just kind of be like a like a six win team a lot of years. Um, really for, you know, between kind of these these great teams they've had. That's just what it was, especially quarterback. I mean, they went through tons of quarterbacks in that in that stretch there uh, before Shanahan got there. And now it's kind of continued. But obviously, Shanahan's the coach to make it work with that many quarterbacks. So um, I don't man, I don't I don't really know how to feel about the 49ers going forward. I feel pretty good about the Chiefs just because they've shown they can do it in different ways. They they don't have any huge names other than if you want to say chase young but he didn't play that that great for them in free agency this year they do have some depth like javon kinlaw and Deshaun gibson and cleveland farrell and uh, john feliciano and chris conley logan ryan Jawan jennings who you know if the game ended in regulation with a 49ers win might have been the super bowl mvp yeah, I think uh, he'd have to be. He probably was <laughs> that most of that been. game. It's like, well, this guy, you know, not that it's it's not out of the ordinary for a wide receiver to to win that award, but you know, in the manner that he did it, and um, you know, that's gonna be <laughs> it's gonna be kind of forgotten, unfortunately, for for old Jawan Jennings there. But yeah, yeah I don't. I, I think they'll they'll be okay. I think this is this is a far cry from the Eagles last year. We looked at what they had coming up that off season and we weren't sure if that would crumble or not. And they, they ended up piecing that roster together a lot better than we thought they would. Um, but it still fell apart on them. So in the 49ers, <laughs> still, the 49ers really quick in this league. They, yeah, I, if I remember looking at it correctly, they have over, they do not have a lot of cap space, but they do have a lot of, potential like restructuring they can do i think over 90 million in like maximum or or just simple restructure potential which is something like the second most in the league even though they're you know i think bottom five bottom 10 in cap space and 2025 they do have a lot of very notable free agents eric armstead Traverius ward dre greenlaw brandon Ayuk. So and uh, Hufunga, who missed like all of this year, who was a good safety for them. So that'll be interesting. Some of those guys are already expensive. Some of them are not. Like Ayuk is not. Greenlaw's currently like an eight million dollar cap guy. That seems like a Patrick Queen sort of situation where I think the Ravens are going to let Patrick Queen go get twenty million dollars somewhere else per uh, per year in free agency the the 49ers might have to do the same with Greenlaw especially if, oh boy if Greenlaw's I mean is he gonna miss next like how long is he gonna be out with that torn Achilles that where he just running onto the field 
got that, that was yeah that was rough and that was unfortunate because he he dealt with some you know i think it was they called it lower leg stuff for for most of the season uh nothing that, that thing snapped it the absolute worst time right i mean it'd be one thing to get hurt in the super bowl like that you know you played the full season you got there you played there but to, to have it snap like that just running off the sideline uh was just like that was just sad to watch and yeah as soon as as soon as it happened honestly i was like oh like that could be a next year injury too because that this is mm-hmm. we're pretty late in the game here um and you don't you know i guess what we saw we saw it happen to odell uh tours with acl right yeah in the super bowl and he didn't he, you know there were word there was word he was healthy because he was a free agent um but that he didn't play so Achilles is much different, you know. If it was Aaron Rodgers, he'd be he'd be back out there by OTAs, fresh and healthy. But um, <laughs> could have been back out there in the same game, right? Yeah, <laughs> he would have finished the game, sure. But you know, I don't, I don't know. I, I think they'll be fine. And even if the 49ers were to lose some players that were important, I I trust them as much as any team to just fill in those holes and we'll all look and be like, how do they continue to do this? Uh, so I from that I don't I don't I don't know if they've lucked into to what they have. No, my gut feeling is they just go back to the Super Bowl next year, and like maybe even win it depending on how the Chiefs offseason goes, or if they get a bad break in a in a playoff game and they're you know they're playing the Super Bowl against a worse version of the Ravens or they're playing the Bills or you know the Bengals or you know who are the char- Chargers you know whatever. <laughs> Whoever it might be, I think the 49ers can win the Super Bowl next year. But it's after that where I start to get worried, like that 2025, where I said, you know, uh, you know, Armstead and Ayuk and and Charvarius Ward and Greenlaw, those guys are all coming. And then 2025 off that offseason is probably also Brock Purdy extension offseason. Oh, gosh. And that's that's going to be. I'm gonna guess that's, he's not. Gonna I'm gonna guess fun. he's not around at that point. That's my prediction. Think so? I think between injury or between a roster that's not quite as good, which potentially leads to a benching. I think there's a few avenues we could go with Brock Purdy, and if they just keep getting to the playoffs and losing, and we get a loss or two more, where it's obviously like him being the, the, the weak link. I would be surprised. I kind of see this more so going the direction of because if he if he can get an if he's extension eligible next offseason. So you know February, March 2025. And they're not losing a whole lot of notable names this offseason. You know, maybe they trade Brandon Ayuk or maybe it's just posturing and it's a Debo Samuel situation. I think even if they were to trade Ayuk, they could still get back to the Super Bowl. If they get to the Super Bowl again, I have to think that they they pay Brock Purdy a, a pretty note a pretty healthy, hefty extension. And then maybe two or three years from now, we get to the point where it's like, well now that Brock Purdy's been been paid, Trent Williams has retired, and maybe you did have to trade Brandon Ayuk or let him go in free agency. And maybe you had to let you know, Diaminor, Lenore, or Hufunga, or one of these other, you know, backs, you know, defensive guys go in free agency. 
and all of a sudden uh, this, you don't have this like crazy elite offense around Purdy and your defense is even worse than it was before. And it's like, oh, now the bloom is off the rose with, with Purdy like two or three years from now. And you're like, oh, brother, we're paying Brock Purdy 30 million a year for three more years. Oh, <laughs> my God. Yeah, that'd and, be the only thing that I think would hurt their chances. I, I think they're they're pretty clearly in a window of of contention right now, and I think we're probably a year or two off from them being in a window of just being really good, like probably a playoff team most years, but not quite that contender level. But yeah, if Brock Purdy ends like, up being a, a big cap hit for them, regard like listen, he might play really well, get to another Super Bowl. That's entirely possible. Mm-hmm. Um, he, you know, he's capable of doing what he did this year going forward, but if he's the one getting the cap hit at that point, then, then they're going to be really stuck. Cause you're, you're paying a guy who is like, just going to be like fine and kind of needs the guys who are getting money at that point elsewhere to be that upper level of what he's been to get the team to the Super Bowl. So yeah, from that that standpoint, I I think they they might be screwed. But again, this stuff changes so quick year to year. Mm-hmm. Like he could come out and get hurt week one next year, and then it's the same thing. Like again for the 49ers, it's oh another quarterback. Oh, this guy is actually really good. He's even better than Purdy, and we just keep repeating the process. So, you know, I'm not going to put that past them either because they just they always do this. Even when even when Harbaugh was there, it was like Alex Smith to Kaepernick, and then. You know, Jimmy G. Oh, well, Jimmy G. We know's not the true answer. We draft Trey Lance. Oh, he's hurt. Brock Purdy. Cool. And then it's like, there's just going to be another one. They they just find a way to find another quarterback. And, you know, they're not paying these guys way too much money. Um, But eventually you got to find a guy who's like worth that elite, elite money. And you pay him and then and then you find a way to make the rest work because we haven't really seen Shanahan. We've, we've seen him with all these skill guys and we've seen him scheme his quarterback into being good. But are we ever going to see the opposite where Shanahan has a great quarterback and maybe like the Chiefs offense this year? Like we ever going to see Shanahan have to coach up that type of squad? Does does this not feel like what the Dolphins have going on in the AFC? Like the, almost the same exact thing. Yeah. Yeah, just with less um less playoff success. <laughs> yes, less definitely there. But yeah, it's like, I mean we've yeah, seen it, it seems like all of and... these all of these Shanahan disciples just can't seem to get themselves a great quarterback. I guess well, no, I guess uh the Packers the Packers are doing well for themselves with you know going from Rodgers to, to Jordan Love and then Sean McVay. Hey, the one guy, the one Shanahan tree guy who had himself a great quarterback. Won a ring, Sean McVay, <laughs> because he had Matt Stafford. He actually had a great quarterback. He had a great wide receiver and a great defensive tackle. So there you go. That's uh, just get yourself a Matt Stafford. They're they're going on trees, you know, everywhere. Across it's probably the you know it's it's probably good for for the league that these guys don't have quarterbacks because man, if 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 more of these Shanahan guys had the quarterback, the, those would be the only teams competing. <laughs> Even look at, I mean, look at the Texans with CJ Stroud. I mean, Bobby Slowick is a Shanahan guy, but he might be the the, ba- the baby of the bunch right now. The, the runt of the litter so far, where it kind of seems like, yeah, he's got the Shanahan stuff going on here, but he's 
the quarterback is what's making this making this run, or at least for the first season of, of it, at least. So yeah, we'll see what we'll see what that team looks like if they have another year or two of good drafting. And obviously, this year was such a slam dunk. I mean, once in a once in a generation draft to have those those picks kind of work out that way. But yeah, it we'll we'll see what the te- the Texans if they draft well the next year or two are going to have like a really really special team. They um, they've but, got cap space. They've got they've got their picks looking pretty good over there. Never a given though. Never a given. Yeah, yeah I mean they could on not paper. draft well. They could not sign very good free agents. They could blow their money on in some bad spots. You never know. Yeah, you just uh, don't. If you're the Texans, you don't want to be the you don't want to be the the new Chargers. You don't want to have the quarterback who everybody cool. knows is great, but your team is just. You know, like that, like wild card kind of level at best for the most part. I mean, they, hey, at least this year the Texans got to a divisional game. <laughs> the yeah. Chargers, like, there's a reason that they, they had to hire Harbaugh. So, as for the Chiefs, I spent a lot of this time, you know, on this run kind of thinking, like, well, you know, in the offseason, Sneed and Jones are free agents and they don't have a lot of cap space and they're probably going to lose one of them. I, I'm not so sure now. I started, I got on the, the over the cap with dot com um, salary cap, you know, calculator or whatever, where you can, you know, give guys new contracts, cut guys and see what happens. If they, first of all, if they cut MVS, they can save $10 million right there. <laughs> And I that sounds like a thing that they should do for sure. And it sounds like a thing that they would do if they get Mahomes to restructure his contract. They can open up like 30 million dollars in cap space. And I think those two moves alone will get them to about 60, which you need like 10 to just like, you know, make sure you can sign all your draft picks and, you know, have like, you know, the minimum number of players on your on your team and what and whatnot. But. If you structure a contract the right way, I basically I, I went on there and I gave Legarius Sneed the franchise tag and I gave um, Chris Jones the Aaron Donald contract with the last one that he got, which was three years for ninety five million. I tried my best to at least put in the numbers the right way to make the cap hit whatever. And you can make it to where it's only like a nine million dollar cap hit in the first year. That's usually what teams will do and backload the contracts like that. It was like, man, they have reason. I, I I gave them a new contract for Chris Jones, a new a franchise tag for Snead, which is like eighteen million dollars for one year, and they still have like thirty million dollars left. I'm like, oh no! <laughs> now, to be fair, they do have a lot of like their other depth on defense that's also free agents, like Drew Tranquil, Willie Gay, Mike Edwards, all of those guys, those kind of guys. They're, they they do have a lot of starters on their defense outside of those superstar guys that are free agents as well. But they've been drafting pretty well on defense. Trent McDuffie's a big hit. Karloftis was a hit. Some of these other guys are hits too. You know, Sneed was like a fifth round pick a few years ago. So we'll see. I mean, they can maybe maybe that's where they they kind of drop down from not being such an elite defense is maybe those guys in the middle where they kind of have to replace them with some you know mid-round rookies or cheaper contracts or a lot of those guys are probably going to be willing to take some pay cuts 
to stay with the team. Yeah, and I mean, as long as they draft well, you know, a lot of it is just kind of like bonus at that point. You know, mm-hmm. you can make the money work out. You can you can keep whoever around, and and that really matters. But I mean, if that team continues to draft well, there's not much there's not much that's really going to stop them. I mean, if they just if they continue to find a balance of, I mean, they've proven they can win multiple ways as a team. Um, if they can just go into each season, kind of know that identity and find the balance they need from it. I I just don't <laughs> I mean we've seen them do their thing with you know the the high flying offense the Tyreek Hill and then you know they they traded Tyreek Hill and they've not lost a playoff game since so yeah this is going to be a uh I mean <laughs> it's it sounds it sounds silly to just say it cuz it's the Chiefs and it's Mahomes but it's like this this is going to be a scary team for for years to come like I don't I just don't know what stops them at this point unless they get some really bad luck because it's just like, what do you do? Yeah, they, they 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 just continue to win, right? It doesn't seem like Andy Reid is super close to retiring, and Travis Kelsey, he's coming back next year at least. You know, maybe he's got a couple more years, uh, and that's it. And they'll have to, you know, find something new there. But Rasheed Rice is a rookie, and you know, Pacheco is currently cheap. That you know that that'll change at some point. But but still, and yeah, I mean, as long <laughs> as they have Kelsey. Mahomes, Travis Kelsey's gonna hang around till he's forty and just be Jason Witten. Like he's just gonna be creaky and slow <laughs> and just kind of just kind of fall down slowly. It might, and, it might, because I mean, it, he's capable of doing that. But I don't know if you know, he has a whole media career. Unlike <laughs> unlike Jason Witten, who somehow got the Monday night football job and it was a bit of a disaster. Unlike uh, Travis Jason Kelsey, Witten, Travis Kelsey would be good on television. Great on television. Yeah. And you know, who who even he might not even do television. He has his podcast, doesn't have to, you know, filter. I'm pretty sure, or I'm pretty sure there was already I think there was already talk of like Peacock wants to have the the Kelsey's podcast on their mm-hmm. on their network. So they just like, you know, Travis Kelsey retires and he gets paid a million dollars a year to be a podcaster. Oh my gosh. And it's, yeah. and he like, if he with, marries with his, Taylor with Swift his brother. Yeah. With his brother too. You know? Yeah. And if he were to, if he were to end up like <laughs> staying with Taylor Swift, it's like, yeah, I get a paid million dollars to be a podcaster. And uh, my, my wife is the uh, biggest pop star in the world. So <laughs> sounds pretty I, good. I think I think that sounds like a hell of a life. I I think that I would uh, I would like one I would like that life for myself too. Better if than anyone wants CT. to pay us. If anyone wants to pay us a million dollars a year, and if um, I don't know if Ariana Grande wants to marry me, I think uh, <laughs> I think we'll take that deal. I think. Yeah, yeah, and it's uh. You know, if they just they can negotiate like the Pat McAfee thing of yeah, we'll be on Peacock, but we're gonna curse, we're gonna do whatever we want. Like mm-hmm. you're just gonna show what we're making, and you're gonna give us money for it, and that's yeah, gonna Peacock's be that. just streaming so, anyway. So who cares? It is streaming, and yeah, I know. Like I think like Chris Sims is like football show on there. Like he he curses com- like nonstop the whole show. So yeah, that that, they're like doing. What Chris Sims would do. Yeah, he just is. He's just like a. He's just a dude, but. Yeah, man, the Kelseys, and I, I, I thought about that with with Travis a few months ago. I was like, is he just gonna retire? Because his game right now, 
he's certainly a far lesser version of himself. He's still useful, makes makes plays here and there, but you know, they go out with a Super Bowl. He's got three rings. He's had a great career. His his thousand yard streak was just ended. I I don't really. What else does he have to do? Why not just go make also great money doing the media thing on your own time? You don't have the wear and tear of football. Um, you know, you, you weigh all that. All I can think is that the winning is just great and it's intoxicating and. You know, they they probably feel pretty good at this point. They can come back and win it again next year. Like, yeah, that's what, kind about, of what all of these guys have been talking about. In the press conference. <laughs> right. That's that, that's what I was going to say. They were talking about three peating. I, I kind of had that same thought coming into the last week or so. It was like, is Travis Kelsey going to retire if they win? But immediately after it was like, all right, yeah, let's let's come back and three peat, which <laughs> it never really it didn't really sink into me that no one's ever three peated as Super Bowl champions. But. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we've got we've gotten close. If anyone can do it, yeah. I, I, honestly, like based on what we've seen, it's just like unbelievable. Even watching that game, I'm like, I'm like, this is kind of crazy that they're just they're still doing this. And we've yep. seen back to back champs. I think what they did it, they were like the the thirteenth time it's happened that we've had back to back champs first in yeah, twenty not a years. Whole lot, not a whole lot recently. I think well, the, were the Patriots last one. Patriots were the last one. Um, it was the Broncos. I, I'm sure I did the Cowboys win back to back in the nineties. Cowboys, 49ers, yep. uh, Steelers twice. And then I'm sure there's um the Packers in the first two. Yeah, you go back far, far enough and there's been quite Any a of those few old but, dynasties that people talk about, you know. Yeah, but it's like you go back to the Steelers and they want it. And it's like that that was the same team for probably like six or seven years. And that just doesn't happen. The Chiefs are the Not Chiefs' anymore. defense was like a completely different defense than they had in that that first 49ers Super Bowl. It's like Chris Jones and like that was mostly it. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. It's it's uh, almost entirely different. And then offense, it's it's still Mahomes, it's still Kelsey, and you know, as long as they have it's it's really I mean, it's just Mahomes. Like if they have him. He just comes out and makes plays you can't explain. Like there was the one um who was the deep ball to? It was it was kind of earlier in the deep game. Hardman. Yeah. And that was the play. That was kind that was the play I was talking about on the show last week where it's like Mahomes is just going to come out and it's just like a it's just a wild almost miraculous but not miraculous cuz he does it all the time type of play that comes out of nowhere. And you know, I don't I think I think Pacheco fumbled like the play after that. So it really didn't technically yeah, end up mattering. It, but at the same time, it's like the threat that he can do that at any time. It's like the throw the ball is probably 60 yards in the air on a dot. And you look at that and you go, Brock Purdy simply just can't do that. He's not gonna make that play. And I mean that that was the difference. Look at the look at that game and they're they're saying, well, if I, I believe it was it was Romo and it was, you know, if, if the 49ers bring everybody here, they're just almost conceding a first down because Mahomes is gonna beat it. And they bring everybody and mid play, like Nance is calling the play, and Romo goes, 
oh, that was a mistake. <laughs> and they throw yeah, they hit goes, a goal. Oh, they shouldn't have done that. They, yeah, they hit, they shouldn't have done that. And they hit, they hit a little crosser for a first down. It's like just completely inevitable. You and can't then blitz him. Like, I don't know you why. You can't blitz him. But then you flip it to the other side. And um, it was near the end of the game. I believe it was third and five. And the Chiefs needed a stop because the 49ers were about to, they could have gotten a first down, pretty much run the clock out, kicked a field goal uh, just to win the game. And they bring everybody, free rusher in Purdy's face, and he didn't have a shot. <laughs> and that, to me, just kind of sum up, sums up what these two teams um, were, what these quarterbacks are. And, you know, Mahomes comes down that final drive, and it's just like, yeah, there's, Ke- oh, yeah, there's Kelsey suddenly running as fast as he has the entire season. All right, field goal. They didn't win it here, but we're going overtime. They're going to have a chance to have the ball in overtime. Right down the field, you know, they make it look easy after all those struggles, and it's like, it's just different. Mahomes is just different, and there's really, I mean, we can get into the, the GOAT conversation, I guess, but, I mean, we that's three Super Bowls now. 28 years old and you know by this point in his career better than Tom Brady in pretty much every aspect except like touchdown interception ratio in the Super Bowls but even then <laughs> even then Mahomes is a bigger reason for these Super Bowls than Brady was for for those in his 20s so I mean the stats back it up he's got the rings he's got the MVPs and it's just like longevity is the only thing between him and and the top at this point, you know, he, he you know, I doubt <laughs> and I say this, I guess, with a a lot of risk, but I doubt he gets to seven Super Bowls. He may very well get to to five at this point. Yeah, it was even. it's one of those things where it's so wild that Brady, you know, won his third Super Bowl and then went 10 years without one and still won seven. Yeah, where it, you could say, you know. Is Mahomes gonna go? It seems unfathomable to say that the Chiefs won't win another Super Bowl in the ten in the next ten years. But it also feels hard to say, you know, Mahomes is gonna play till he's forty five, or you know, Mahomes is gonna play until he's thirty eight, and they're gonna win four of the next ten Super Bowls. It's just <laughs> yeah, that's my thing. So like... Like we talk about it all the time. He can be the best team, but it's a single elimination tournament. So you know, yeah, best team isn't always gonna win. But even this year, I mean, they they weren't. I don't think they were the best team. I mean, I, they I weren't. Even Chris Jones in the in his in one of the post game interviews said they they beat the best team in the league, the Ravens. Yeah, and I, I yeah, think I that's put, what it was. I would have put the Ravens above them, the 49ers. 49ers. before the playoffs started, I would have put the Cowboys above the Chiefs. Just a much better offense. It's just like yeah. if you need to go win one game, I know it's Mahomes, but like that offense is just not very good. As good as the defense is, so. Yeah, it's um, you know, they they this one honestly the Bills were better than them when they were healthy. <laughs> yeah, they were, and they almost won that game. But the Chiefs find a way through through whatever means necessary. So, yeah, it's a. Uh, I give Mahomes probably probably ten more years, and then everything after that, if he's still playing, which these days like these quarterbacks get to forty, it seems, uh, the good ones and. You know, if Big Ben can play till 39, I think Mahomes can probably play till 39 or 40. Um, 
he'll have to evolve his game a little bit, particularly in these playoffs, because he really does. He uses his athleticism really when it gets down to it and there's nothing happening. He's going to have to become like extra. He's going to he's going to have to be Brady from the pocket, like just surgical drop back. Pretty much. Find the best option immediately. Get to it. Like get through your reads at like an unreal rate. It's kind of where Rodgers um, is now. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, because Rodgers. Oh my gosh, that guy used to roll out and make throws across his body. And yeah, he doesn't uh, doesn't quite have that now. Especially, <laughs> I'm sure now he really doesn't have it. But yeah, man, it's uh, it's it's kind of it's hard to imagine. I I don't know. Because when you when you put it, what four of the next ten Super ten. Bowls? That's they just really, won three of the last five. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. You consider that at least half of those Super Bowls would probably have to be like past his prime. Yeah, they they've had pretty ideal situations so far. They they had Tyreek Hill for one. They've had Travis Kelsey. They've had Andy Reid. You know, I mean, Reed, maybe, maybe he stays this entire time. He's like 10 years younger than Belichick and Belichick is still coaching. So maybe it's only eight, maybe he's eight years younger than Belichick. But you say if Bill Belichick is planning on coaching next year, then you could, you know, potentially see 10 more years of Andy Reed as a coach. That's fair. Probably only getting two, I'll say two more of Kelsey. And. But by that point, I trust them to find like in, within two years, they should have a new number one, like a new. This is my Kelsey. They gonna might be go the, out. They might go out in free agency and sign Mike Evans. They like, might. They, they might. They might just do that. You like know? as long as Kelsey's there, he's going to be kind of like the safety blanket. Like I can trust this guy to, to get me a play really when I need it, but probably not play after play game after game. Um, he's going to be more of a, like that situational tight end, but yeah, I mean, if they have any competence as an organization, which I think they do, they'll have a new number one guy, like a bona fide elite number one guy within it's the next two seasons. Or at the very least, they can at least go out and say, you know, in free agency here, we, we get some guys that we can at least rely on because you couldn't like sky more. Like oh. does he even still exist? I don't even know. Somewhere. MBS was dropping the ball. Kadarius Tony is like you can't really do much with him. Justin Watson is not really a guy you can trust either. They can go out and replace those guys. Even just say Rasheed Rice is our number one next year. They can go out and say instead of our number two and three and four being Justin Watson and Sky Moore and and you know Kadarius Tony or MVS, they go and they get Gabe Davis or Tyler Tyler Boyd. Tyler Boyd, <laughs> someone's like reliable. He he'll be catch such the an ball. upgrade for them. <laughs> he won't drop the ball. They go out and they draft a receiver first. It's a really good re- receiver class in the draft. They go out and get someone like a, I don't know, like Troy was it Troy Franklin from from Oregon, or they get you know Brian Thomas Jr. from LSU, like one whoever with the thirty second pick in the draft. Just say pick the best wide receiver on the board, and they'll probably be better than than Kadarius Tony, you know, <laughs> and probably Justin Watson too. So it's like they can they can just roll and say Rasheed Rice is our number one, and we just kind of go out here and we improve, or we say that he's our number two 
target and Kelsey's number one. And we go out, you know, kind of the way that the Ravens did where and they kind of they mark Andrews and they had like kind of one somewhat reliable guy in Zay Flowers. And then you get like an O you got like Odell and Bateman around it where it's like it's nothing crazy. You know, it's it's just sort of like guys who were okay, pretty solid. And, you know, for Mahomes and Reed, that'll be good enough. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And at that point, I mean, when your quarterback is that good, the the, the greatness at receiver becomes kind of marginal to your ability to win games, I feel like. I mean, because, you can think about the Patriots. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the Patriots, it was. Troy Brown and Deion Branch and Danny Amendola, you know, Wes Welker had himself a couple years and they had Randy Moss for a little bit, but it was, I mean, that's really, I mean, from 2010 on, I mean, it was Edelman, it was Gronk and Edelman. That was really, that was it. That was it. Everything else was kind of auxiliary. I mean, Chris Hogan, even Amendola, like he was, he was probably a little overrated with them in all honesty, just because. He was playing with Brady, but yeah, I mean, it. it's well, as long as Mahomes is in his prime and you have somebody who just doesn't drop the ball, can make a contested catch now and then, that's plenty enough. And then anything better than that is like where you're really cooking. <laughs> and so, yeah, like a Tyler Boyd, without a doubt, is a massive upgrade over what they, they're working with right now. And Tyler Boyd's like fine. Like, you know, he's just like, yeah, he's good. <laughs> Good, and they could use that right three. now. Yep. They could use that right now because these guys are just, you know, Rasheed Rice could, he could turn into something. He could develop into even an even better receiver. Um, there's always that chance, but yeah, just consistency. Because the the real issue, it wasn't so much. Well, they're you know guys are never open or, you know, guys are, you know, running the wrong routes. I mean, the the main issue is just drops. If you could have all the other issues, the offsides, whatever it is, if they just didn't drop it so much, people wouldn't talk nearly as much about these receivers. And they still they still managed to win enough games in spite of all that. And and won a Super Bowl cuz by the by this like you said, by the time the playoffs rolled around, they knew exactly who they could trust. <laughs> I mean, and think about just, the just eliminate the the garbage. The Bills game Part of the build that was kind of where it was like, all right, the Chiefs have plot armor. Yeah. Where suddenly MVS wasn't dropping passes and it seemed like none of the receivers were really dropping passes in that Bills game. And that's part of the reason that they were able to pull out that win. And, you know, the Bills miss a field goal that could have tied the game. And, you know, suddenly they they move on. So that's uh... kind of just how it goes sometimes. So, yeah. and, and, And with the Chiefs, it's like Andy Reid is going to be the real key here because there's really, you know, we did this with Brady and Belichick. There's just no telling what Mahomes could look like without Andy Reid. He'll still be, you know, a great quarterback, probably the best in the league. But is the team going to be this kind of machine that just grinds out wins or in good years just destroys people? Uh, that, that, that's, yet to be seen but yeah i mean if andy reed's enjoying the winning and everybody's loving the winning they're all just going to stick around until the wheels come off <laughs> and as long as you have Mahomes, it, it, that's not very likely 
it could be one of these situations where, say, you know, Mahomes may not have been, you know, Mahomes if he didn't go to the Chiefs, be with Andy Reid, be with Travis Kelsey and, and Tyreek Hill and have all this supporting cast around him. But now, you know, five, six years into his career, you could probably strip a lot of that away. And now he's developed into such a player from all the stuff that he's learned from these guys and all the stuff that he's you know, picked up on and improved. And it, it feels like now, you know, if Andy Reid were to retire and as long as they had a competent offensive coach in there, it'd be like, well, Mahomes is just kind of running the offense now. Yeah. yeah, and he it's it doesn't look like it skipped the beat, and he just kind of his own greatness and the whatever he's picked up on and his own hard work for over the years to become better and smarter and and, and all of those things. Now it doesn't matter if he doesn't have Andy Reid because he's just unlocked you know those other parts of his brain from being around him. Yeah, no, I, I do think if Andy Reid were replaced by somebody who was just like a complete idiot. <laughs> like, like if Matt Patrick Mahomes was suddenly playing with a coach and a team that was coached by somebody who was on like a Matt Canada level, suddenly it's going to be, he's going to have to face his own team and the opponent to win football games. So yeah. as long as they can just have a average level and listen, if there is an, a job for their, you know, offensive coordinator, slash head coach or just that you know we're going to bring in a head coach going to be an offensive guy he's going to run the show that's going to be a very attractive job if Patrick Mahomes is the quarterback there's not going to be a shortage oh, yeah. of of good candidates for that position imagine so from that standpoint they they really should be in good shape imagine a situation where maybe it's two years from now and he redecides to hang it to hang it up what if they just said okay our new head coach is Steve Spagnolo. And our new offensive coordinator is Eric Bieniemy. Would the, like <laughs> it, it would just be the same? <laughs> it might just be the, like the same thing. It might be the same. It might be fine because I think you know it seems like the the issue with Bieniemy is you know he good offensive coach, um, but he's a bit of a hard ass and not a great leader. And maybe this is somebody yeah. with an agenda pushing that. But that that's what the reports show. And I mean the dude really went a long time without getting a head coaching job. Um, still, I, get, I mean, he's jobless now, right? Like, he doesn't even... At the moment, a, I think, he, you know, maybe the Chiefs will hire him as some sort of, you know, offensive analyst. But right now, it doesn't seem like he's even going to get an, any offensive coordinator position, even though a bunch were, were open. Right, and, I mean, listen, I know the players seem to be the issue, but... But the enemy left and the offense was a lot worse. <laughs> and so yeah. from that point, yeah, I mean, some context dependent there, but I mean, the guy should get credit for leading that offense when they were, I mean, as good as any offense we've ever seen. So, you know, maybe they maybe from from that they they just kind of look back into it and they might have both guys who, you know, Spagnola at that point, I'm sure would have earned it, but I mean, Spagnuolo's there because he wasn't a very good head coach. And they got the perfect balance of great coordinator, proven bad head coach, even though his situation wasn't great. Um, and he's just been able to hang there and be a great D coordinator without really much fear of a team poaching him for a head coaching job. And, and the enemy said, might, 
Yeah. He, he's uh, Spagnolo has said that he wants to be a head coach again. <laughs> and yeah, that might be the, uh, that might be the natural progression. And then if the enemy is going to be the same, where if this dude can put a get, put together a great offense, but nobody wants him to be their head coach, he could be there a long time as well. Cause he's not, he's not very old at all. So they might be, uh, I don't know. They might be set up. I don't know if that's exactly how it'll go. Uh, Cause it, it's just sounds a little too perfect to be true. I feel like at some yeah. point, Somebody has to take a chance on 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 Spagnola there, but even at the same time, there were a few guys this year we thought were slam dunk head coaches, and they just stayed put. So we might have another year of you know, him just staying in KC, great defense, not a peep out of anybody about a head about a head coaching gig. So yeah, man, I don't know. They, I'm, I thought the Chiefs would be good, but I, I feel like I've talked myself into them being like really good <laughs> continually because uh yeah. it's kind of hard to find a weakness i don't know it's it's gonna take it is it, it feels like it's just gonna take some bad luck like it, it might just be the patriots where it's like if you're gonna eliminate them it's probably in a close afc championship yeah i think it would probably just be some luck at some point like you're not gonna continuously like we said, single elimination. Eventually, the ball is not going to bounce your way. Eventually, you're going to get one of those games where, you know, the Bills make that field goal at the end and send it to overtime, and you don't get the coin. You don't get the or you know, go back to that Bills Chiefs, you know, game that changed the overtime rules. You don't get that coin toss. Bills get the ball first. They go down, score the touchdown. You don't get the ball at all, and you're eliminated with from the from the playoffs. They've been they've gotten a lot of breaks go their way then you know you get a play you know maybe zay you know zay flowers doesn't fumble the ball at the at the goal line uh for a, you know what could have you know been a game tying touchdown or something like that or you know any sort of thing you know there was a couple things that could have you know flipped the result of this game you know one play one different play call from steve wilkes or you know from Sirianni or you know Jonathan Gannon in last year's last year's Super Bowl. There was a lot of they've they've had a lot of things go their way. There's bound to be years where you know it doesn't. Yeah, and generally to win it all, you have to have those things. Just why it seems like the the, the Super Bowl champion tends to be tends to be lucky, I guess. But I think when you have the quarterback who is never going to make the back-breaking mistake, it really just kind of equals everything out. Because mm-hmm. Mahomes threw that pick early in the third quarter, and at that point it was like, oh, man, like we really... I thought it was over. Yeah, this like this might be it, because 49ers are in good field position, and offense, their offense just can't... Chiefs' offense just can't do anything. And really, after that pick, didn't they get a three and out after that? They didn't even kick a field goal? I think so. And... Um, let me uh, I can double check on that. But after that, Mahomes locked in. I mean, that was it. Like that was the last shot the 49ers had of, you know, maybe maybe this is the the year. Maybe we can finally do it. Cause after that, they kind of they were just they put a couple little drives together, kept it close, kicked some field goals. And I mean, it really once that thing got to overtime with everyone knowing both teams got the ball. Like I, you know, I was watching it. I was watching it close. 
but I was never thinking, man, that the 49ers might really pull this off. All I could think was, oh, well, if Mahomes is going to get the ball, the Chiefs are going to win. And the Chiefs, the 49ers could have gone out and scored a touchdown. The Chiefs said after the game, they were just going to go for two to just win the game. <laughs> and I, if you need two yards for a Super Bowl and put Mahomes as your quarterback, that those are those oh, yeah. plays where it's like, how, who, how are you going to stop him? Because there's just, in that situation, he needs two yards for a title it's almost it's near impossible to beat him so um yeah that that on the <laughs> that interception uh to start the really it was the third play of the the second half the niners went three and out got negative one yard i saw yeah that's what i see on here now too and uh yeah, yeah, a couple points back and forth field goal touchdown field goal the chiefs i mean the chiefs just started putting scoring drives together um once that fourth quarter rolled around and they just couldn't they 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 essentially just figured out exactly what needed to be done on a play by play basis to kind of grind out that win. Yep. Um, and then late in that game, the 49ers, you know, they they got away from what was working early in the game. You know, they played it safe, but I get I get the quarterback you're facing, but with that team, do you really need to play that soft of coverage? Because they really gave them a lot of easy dink and dunk underneath. Just, you know, here's five yards, here's six yards over and over. And at that point, you're you're cooked. Like you got him in the red zone. Mm-hmm. He's gonna he's gonna find a way to piece you apart from there. So, you know, that's you know, I guess that could, you know, that always falls back to the top, I guess, falls back on Shanahan, um, and and Steve Wilkes. But yeah, that was it's just stuff like that. You you watch that game, you watch those drives, and I just had no doubt in my mind. That Mahomes was gonna gonna carry him to a win, and until somebody really, because it's it's like it seems like when they lose, it's just in the most strange fashion, where it's like they lost to the Bengals that one year, and for whatever reason, like their offense was really out of sync. Um, they got good pressure on Mahomes, but it wasn't it wasn't anything we haven't seen him handle. But that whole offense was just not just wasn't functioning, and it was strange and it was an anomaly really um it wasn't like oh yeah the chiefs got beat and uh they lost to the patriots questionable call close game didn't get the ball in overtime uh you go what is it the bucks super bowl they they lost i mean they, they didn't have a shot because the bucks d, d line was elite going against an injured offensive line and that was pretty much what did it like you have to there has to be a like obvious weakness to just straight that's up beat the Chiefs. Pretty much what it has to be. That's what everyone always said with the Brady Patriots, and it's how Brady's Bucks beat Mahomes. It's essentially you have to be able to pressure with without blitzing. You have to be able to rush four guys, and you got to you're going to have to win. You got to your guys have to beat their guys, and the the, the 49ers were doing that for about a half and it's see that's when it seemed like they were the chiefs were in trouble it was like uh oh they're like not really blitzing and it's just like bosa and hargrave and armstead are just the too much for the chiefs offensive line joe tooney's hurt their offensive tackles aren't very good so i was like man Mahomes just has like no time to throw back there and it's not like they're blitzing and it's like okay you know i i know that the blitz is coming so a guy should be open here 
So when they're not blitzing and that's when the pressure comes. And so that's when guys are, you know, going to stay covered for two or three seconds. And by the, the, you know, in those two or three seconds, those defensive linemen get those pressures and there's not much that Mahomes can really do. And they just couldn't keep it up for four quarters. That, that was really the only thing. Yeah. And very disciplined pressures. Like they weren't, they weren't just getting upfield. They were making sure he kind of, he couldn't just roll out easily and make a throw or scramble around. I mean, they were just kind of maintaining a pocket and just trying to kind of push it closer and closer towards him. Um, so he just couldn't even, he couldn't even scramble away. And it was really, uh, it was just a really well executed game plan by them and um, discipline play from guys like Bosa, but it just didn't. I mean, they were the Chiefs just stayed the course. Didn't matter. They were going to do what they knew they were good at. And eventually the 49ers would, you know, all of a sudden it's cover zero. All right, here we go. Here's our play. And it's just stuff like that. And that's, I mean, that goes back to Andy Reid, really. I mean, just understanding the game, understanding that, um, you know, the the opponent, the opponents just tend to beat themselves if you stay ultra disciplined. So that's what it comes down to. And, you know, the Chiefs back at it again. You know, we'll probably be back here next year. Mahomes, fourth Super Bowl, tie with Montana, going to be all that fun discourse. Uh, maybe it might be. We'll it's at least though. exciting. They've played, yeah, yeah. they played, they played fun Super Bowls. <laughs> they have. Yeah. It hasn't, it's at least not been, you know, boring games like, you know, the, the Patriots Rams Super Bowl, which it looked like for maybe about a, you know, a half, it might be reminiscent of that game, but it, it turned around in the end. Oh my gosh. The out. fourth, fourth quarter and overtime were just, I mean, it was just fantastic football. Yeah. Because it wasn't just, High scoring games are fun, but it wasn't just back to back scoring drives over and over where it was like, oh, the defenses are gone. It was just good football, like teams were executing, getting plays where they needed to. It was really fun. So that I mean, that's every Super Bowl I wish kind of looks something like that, to be quite honest. Yep. I'm watching the uh, the, the Thunder and the Magic here on TNT. Put up a pretty fun game right now. Uh, Ryan, the New York Knicks, they're very injured right now. Yeah. yeah the Houston are. Rockets were taking advantage of that. And we might, we might have one of the clearest examples in recent NBA history of a, pro, a protested game that like, should be protested and that like it should be the the, ga- the game should be like restarted <laughs> and like we th- there should be an overtime period play between those two teams yeah and it's man it's like you just never see those things actually overturn so i'm really interested to see how this goes because it's like if that it, one doesn't happen then when when what's the point of the rule right why even have it, why even have it exist right because there's a a foul called where if the foul is not called, it is without a doubt the end of regulation. It is tied. There's no foul involved. The, the shot wasn't made. And it's as clear cut as it can be where if you're saying after the game, your crew chief, Ed Malloy, we made the wrong call. The two minute report 
confirms it, then then what are we doing? Like, let's go. Let's find an hour, get together, play, you know, warm up, play a little overtime, shake hands and go home, you know? Because, yeah, it, like you said, it's like, if if you can't protest this and get it overturned when the league has already said the call is wrong, because there's so many... There's so many scenarios where a call is wrong and people say, oh, well, that cost them the game. When in reality, you know, if the call happens with a minute left and it's a one point game, there's no way to actually tell if that costs them the game because there's just so much that happens. But when the game (laughs) when the game is tied with less than 10 seconds left and the shot goes up and the buzzer sounds and there's a foul called then i just i don't know what we're doing if it, it why why have the protest rule like why let teams do it at that point and what's even worse honestly is the fact that after that play they could go to the monitor to review but it was only to review the clock and see if the shot got off in time and if the contact happened <laughs> in time they couldn't go back and take just an extra 10 seconds to look at it and determine whether that was a foul or not, which if they had reviewed, it I've seems, no, I still don't understand it. that. If it's you, like, if you can, if you can go to the monitor and look at something and some other part of the play, why can't you go with, look at the monitor and say, Oh boy, that wasn't a foul. And just say, right. it wasn't a foul because you, you can do that. Now you can challenge, you can challenge, you know, calls, but why, why do you need why do you need to do that just look think, at the, just literally look at the play like in the last two minutes look at the nfl in the nfl the last two minutes of the game calls are come from the booth you know it, it's they it's not decided by the a coach's challenge to say all right now we need to look at whether this play was a foul or not or whatever just why not implement that rule at the very least and say, in the last two minutes of the game, you don't need a ch- you don't need a challenge. If there is a questionable thing that you normally would challenge, it can be called upon from you know the the league office or whatever. You know. Yeah, yeah, and it's yeah, it just doesn't make sense. And it's it's a challengeable. Here's my thing: there are plays that aren't reviewable. Okay, some of them are stupid, but if it's not reviewable, it's not reviewable. It is what it is. Now you can't challenge a non-foul call to see if it was a foul. But you can challenge a foul to get it overturned. Essentially, I think is what it is. Depends I think it depends on when it happens in play too. There's there's weird um variations with that rule, but at the end of the day that was a foul. It is a challengeable play. We're at the monitor can we not take an extra minute just to get it right? And it's stuff like that. And listen, that that's the type of thing where the NBA might not, you know, grant this, uh, this protest, you know, they might not overrule anything, but maybe it's something in the off season where they go to, you know, whatever meetings they have rules committees and maybe they decide, okay, last two minutes, let's find a way to, you know, review more things, whether it's, you know, some type of booth review or 
the refs can call it, the replay center. I don't know what it needs to be, but I think a foul with 0.3 left to essentially decide the game should be able, a called foul should be able to be reviewed at the very least. I don't think that's asking very much. So, you know, the Knicks clearly got screwed. Um, it would have been a nice game to have just because they, they've been struggling here as the injuries continue to mount up. Um, but, you know, the all-star break really, really can't come soon enough for them. And I see a lot of Knicks fans really freaking out about how bad they look. And it's like, okay, I get they don't look good. But, like, unless you're really worried about falling out of, you know, at this point, the way they look, they very possibly could fall into that play in territory if somebody else down there rises up. Okay. Definitely a worry. But if this team makes the playoffs and they're healthy, they're going to be really good. Now, you might have to end up playing a much better team in that first round than you would have had you been a two, three, four seed. Um, but at the end of the day, this team healthy is really good. Like, like really good. Like if they played the Celtics, you'd probably assume the Celtics are going to win that series, but there's no reason the Knicks can't push it to six games or seven games and maybe give themselves a shot, you know? And if they, if they aren't healthy in the playoffs, then it doesn't matter. They're like, there's, they're not healthy. There's no reason to even worry about it. You root for them. It's your team, but health is, is the main concern here. And uh, all you can really root for right now is for them to just keep their heads above water, win a few games here and there. You know, maybe Hartenstein comes back after the break. DiVincenzo, hopefully his hamstring isn't too hurt. Uh, and then and then from there, you just kind of get pieces back slowly. You know, you hope OG's on the shorter end of his recovery. Um, you hope all goes well with Randall. That's going to be a lot of unknown as he rehabs. And then you figure Mitchell Robinson will be back by the end of the season, and then you'll have two actual NBA starting centers again. So until that happens, it's it's going to suck, but that's just kind of the reality it is, you know? And even last night, Brunson was Brunson probably had his worst game as a Nick overall and still essentially forced overtime at the end of the day. If Brunson is like average last night, they probably win in regulation. Like simple as that. So they they're capable of winning games still. Um but it's it's gonna get really tough. I mean they just they they're not getting any healthier. Uh it's just not much you can do. But if they can get healthy and that's all that really matters, I'm chilling. I'm chilling. I think they they can still be that team they were in January, but just gonna need uh just gonna need some lucky breaks. Gonna need Randall to not need surgery, no, no, no missteps in his rehab. Um, that's, that's, that's just really all it is. It's just kind of an unfortunate, like it sucks, but you gotta live with that situation. Yeah, they'll be all right if they get healthy. That's, that's really it. Man, there's no football. It's really just it is over. Me. The UFL is, uh, Probably coming up in the next couple of weeks, I would guess that's when they start that, right? Man, there's no football. <laughs> I don't care. Uh, yeah. Yeah, the UFL is like a... I don't care about the rocks. Uh, the rocks it's like a when it's Saturday at 12.30 p.m. in April. 
and I just want the TV on for noise. Great for that. Love it. Sure. For that. Yeah. yeah. So the only thing that I'll, that'll get me to watch it is if like some of these Shepherd guys the past year or two can get on a roster and actually like play. Yeah. Like if, like if Ronnie Brown is getting at least like second running back snaps on a team, I will absolutely watch that team play without a doubt. But if it's not that, I, it's just hard to get me interested. Like it's just worse football. It's guys. I don't care about the stakes. I don't care about the players. I don't care. There's no, there's no pageantry of college. And even college is like becoming a lesser version of itself because we're losing rivalries. The best schools are getting better while everybody else just seems to get worse or becoming stepping stones for, for the best schools. It's like, it's just, it's just not it. You know, it's just something to watch. I enjoy it um, for just kind of background noise. It's good at a party when everyone's just like, let's just watch this random football game. Uh, But other than that, I'm just, I'm kind of, kind of chilling at least you know what at the very least dc defenders seem to have a fun culture of football down there they do i'll give them that it's the only team i see maybe it's the region i live in but like fans go there because they've been deprived of football and they care they make giant beer snakes it seems like a good time so we at least i don't think that's just you either i think i've seen that like non-dc people pick up on that and be DC defenders, uh, supporters. It's like a thing, you know, it's like, a people who are just kind of bored in the spring. Baseball's kind of started, but it's baseball. So there's, you know, 150 games left and March madness just ended. What are we going to watch? You throw that on. It's like, that's a fun, it's a fun atmosphere. And that's, and that's part of why like college is so great is okay. Like in a lot of cases, the football might not be very good compared to what we see in the NFL, but you have fun stuff like that. You have fun traditions. You know, sometimes the the lack of talent leads to exciting play. If you have a lot of guys who aren't great at defense, uh, there's little things like that. But yeah, it's, uh, you know, we got to lock in for the off season. You know, we might have some Orioles talk since they actually tried to do something. Yeah. Uh, and then the NBA is, NBA shaping up to be pretty interesting, I think. There's not. I think so too. Like, it seemed like all of the 2010s, it was, like, Heat, Spurs, Cavs, Warriors. Pretty much the whole decade. And uh, it's just not that now. There's some actual parody in the league. Yeah, and it's great. There's so much talent. KD left the Warriors. Like, the fact that the the Magic are, like, a good team right now. You know? When does that happen? (laughs) It's not very often. You know, the Thunder are good once again. Uh, there's just a lot of team like the Spurs aren't good, but like Wemby's really it's it's starting to become an every night thing mo- more than it was early in the year. Like he's he's going to be like a complete monster by season's end. So, I mean, he put up a triple double last night with blocks. So, yeah. you know, this league is in a very good shape. I'm sure we'll get some expansion here in a. I, I would guess the next five years. Yeah, um, I don't think, I don't think they'll be very much, very much uh, worse for the wear because of it. In all honesty, I think was it the NBA we were talking about in the last couple of weeks? It's like if, if your team's bad, it's just pure incompetence because there's so much talent. 
available yep. and there's talent on people's benches. Um, you know, it's like, you know, Luca's Luca's backup essentially is now like a star and all star in New York. <laughs> it's like guys can just switch teams and and really find their groove. So very exciting times. Very exciting times. And we need this. Like you said, without football, um, we really are, we're truly nothing. So it's good to have, you know, Chet Holmgren running around, swinging his arms all lanky. He's not having a great game here, but at least the rest of the Thunder are, are doing well. So, Man, something if he's playing in front of Shaq, might be getting a little shook there. I, I, I mean, I, I would. Maybe a little bit. Yeah. I wonder if you think is Chet going to be a guy who's always like the the KD model of skinny, or is he going to be a guy who is more on a Giannis? Like he's going to be buff in a couple years and a freak. Well, you know, KD KD eventually kind of got himself up to like what 240, 250. He still looks pretty, you know, pretty lanky. He doesn't look super built, but he's not like a rail. I think it'll yeah. probably look more like that. I don't expect chat to beef up to you know 250 plus you know he'll have maybe like five pounds a year by the time he's you know 28 he'll be about you know two 230 235 maybe 240 by while he's in his like actual prime he'll be like solid he'll have some solid size to him you know i feel like if anything he needs to put on a little more weight in his face Got a bit of a hollow look to him, a bit off-putting. A little bit, yeah. That, that I think that's what kind of makes him look eerie. It's like he's like ghoulish. the beard. The beard helps. The beard helps. Oh, I don't know. It doesn't really look like I, it fits him. I don't know if I've seen him without a beard, to be honest. Well, he was what, in uh, in, what college. Do you have in college. Does he have anything in college? I don't think Might so. Might have had a goatee, like a little chin hair, maybe. I got to do my yeah, research. Yeah, maybe, on maybe this. some chin hair. But yeah, no, the beard, the beard helps. Yeah, I don't know. He's like, it's he, him. I mean, it's there's going to be more and more of these guys as the years go on and they come in a league. It's like it, it, it seems impossible. Somebody's that skinny and also that tall. Because, right. uh, you know, they're there. I think they're a little less skinny than you think just because of how tall they are. But even then, Chet was a uh, Chet was pretty much baby face, clean shaven in, in uh College at Gonzaga. Mm. Okay. I was gonna say because when I saw him with the beard this year, I was like, "Whoa, that's new." I need to but. get a close up of him. We're almost what? We're almost at halftime here. We gotta. We need the check close up for the analysis. <laughs> this is my this is yeah. my NBA analysis right now. This is what we do when we're still uh, not quite at the All Star break. <laughs> yeah, no, we're we're really reaching reaching for analysis in between the trade deadline and the all-star break is yeah, when is the, all, is the all is there still another week or is it is it is all-star weekend this weekend uh it is this weekend i believe oh wow uh, so, so we, should we i guess we got to get in a mini uh all-star weekend pre- preview here oh gosh i mean we really talked about the slam dunk contest i think because it's just an, an, an unhinged group of four it's so pathetic you know I think it might have been the smoking musket Twitter account actually that said it's like the the worst part of LeBron's legacy is he really was the first of like the all time greats 
to just not care about the dunk contest and everybody else just kind of yeah. followed in line because you don't see any like anybody anymore like it's the culture now if you're great you don't do the dunk contest but here's my thing here's what the nba should do if we're going to go all in on this like load management stuff here's what happens is you go to you go to these players you 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 have a committee of like dunk champions you put together a list of 10 players or so you offer them the dunk contest if that player is an all-star and they don't do the dunk contest they cannot be an all-star we cut them it's over all right mm. Now, if you do the all-star, or if you do the dunk contest, you can then be an all-star starter and then sit out the game. If you're really worried about injury, you don't want to have a whole wear and tear weekend. But we got to find a way to get these guys into it. And I don't know if it just is going to take like a superstar that really cares about the dunk contest to do it. I don't know what it's going to be, but it's just, it's pathetic. And I think what what affects it even more is like I'm, I don't think the superstars would do dunks that are any more impressive than what we see like Mac McClung doing because he does some pretty great no. dunks but it's the it's the name it's value like, it's the name value it's like seeing LeBron in the dunk contest do some crazy like LeBron stuff. like uh, an in-game dunker versus a, a slam dunk contest dunker and the dunks that you would do are just so much different like, I want to see what LeBron would do in the dunk contest. Like, what kind of sort of creativity he's got going on? Crazy stuff. And also, how often have guys gotten hurt in the dunk contest? Never. What's the percentage? Like, you can't. Remember, you're more risk playing, in, even with the the non defense being played. You're I mean, that's more. That's not really what it is. Playing, is it? You're more risk playing in the All Star game. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's embarrassment or it's, what. But like, no, that's it's it's the possibility of not winning and being embarrassed, right? Like. But that's just pathetic, if in all honesty. Like, don't don't show up if that's how you are. Like, if if, they, if you're willing, like, are you embarrassed if you lose the All Star game? Like, what are we talking about? Like Aaron Gordon and Zach Levine. It would be it would be insane, uh, an insane thought to have. But that's the only one that I can have. Now we might make fun of you if you are complete trash in the in the yeah. dunk contest, and that's pretty much all it admits to me. Does LeBron think he's trash? If he's in this contest, because like the guys who are great get remembered, Aaron Gordon and Zach Levine, we we talk about both of them. We talk about how they went back and forth. We don't spend a ton of time talking about who won that. When we go back at this point, we say both of their names, and people remember that year. People remember what that was. So I don't really, yeah, I don't really know. Um, at the very least, you know, the three point contest still gets some names. Um, you know, I, the skills competition. Jalen Brunson is in the, is in the, the three point contest. Brunson is in the three point contest. That's going to be fun. I don't know if he's going to win, but still. They're doing the Steph Curry versus Sabrina Ionescu, uh, three point contest. That'll be cool. That'll be something different. It's you know two of the best at the in the game playing against each other. I'm cool with that. We need more stuff like that. Like that's the thing. If we're, if the dunk contest is going to be trash, I'm not saying to scrap it because it's it still has value even when it's bad because it's 
we kind of just sit and laugh on Twitter about it, but we got to find a way to get some of these big names involved on all-star Saturday night. Cause it's just kind of missing something, you know, it's like, it's fun to see guys get their shine and, you know, have a good, whatever the, um, you know, little, they do their little skills competition, three point shooting dunk contest. That's all great to see some of the maybe lesser known all-stars or in some cases, G leaguers get <laughs> their shine in those, but we got to get, we got to get the all-stars involved. I think. I don't know how we do it, but it's just kind of, I don't know. It's just sad because it really used to be a thing and we've just completely lost it. We, it needs to be back. I miss it. Um, you know what? My favorite part of the all-star weekend is the celebrity game. Mostly oh, just man. looking, mostly just looking at what the rosters are. <laughs> Not so much actually watching the game. But I'll yeah, watch the game, it. Something the game itself watch. is usually uh it's usually not much to watch. It is kind of goofy though. So it is Team Shannon Sharp versus Team Stephen A. Smith. <laughs> and Team Shannon's coaches are Shannon Sharp and 50 Cent. And Team Steve Stephen A has two assistant coaches for some reason. And this seems like a bit of a mismatch. His his uh assistant coaches are Lil Wayne and Aja Wilson. <laughs> so not sure why is she not the head coach i have, I have no idea she's like a shadow coach Stephen team a is not going to talk ball team shannon is annual aa who oh. is uh let's see latin american music award winning recording artist returning for a second celebrity <laughs> game apparently um, oh, Kai Sanat. Oh God! Of course, Twitch the Twitch streamer Kai Sanat. I'm Connor good. Daly, which if I, I remember correctly, when I saw IndyCar driver Walker Hayes, the Applebee's song guy, Quincy <laughs> Isaiah. <laughs> Who is Quincy Isaiah? An actor. Okay. Never heard of him. Micah Parsons. Lily Singh. Sir. And Dylan Wang. That's uh, Team Shannon. Team Stephen A. It's, it's even better, of course. Metal World Peace. Basketball entertainer Jack Ryan. I don't know what that means. What is a basketball entertainer? Who's Jack Ryan? CJ Stroud. John Marco. Tam Barry. Adam Blackstone. Natasha Cloud. Jennifer Hudson. Tristan Jass. AJ McLean. And Kwame Anwuchi, or something of that matter. Well, at some point during my reading, my dramatic reading of the celebrity all-star game rosters, Ryan died. Uh, his laptop did. Not Ryan himself. 
his lap, just his laptop. He, he'll be fine. He'll be back. But clearly, that's a sign that that this needs to be the episode, the end of the episode here. So go Rams. <laughs>